Welcome to the National CMV Foundation podcast. I'm Kristen Spitek, President and Chair of the National CMV Foundation. Congenital cytomegalovirus, or CMV infection, is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability in the United States, affecting more than 30,000 children per year. The National CMV Foundation is dedicated to educating women of childbearing age about congenital CMV, and our podcast series highlights advocacy, education, industry, and scientific advances in the space, bringing congenital cytomegalovirus to the forefront of the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Meridian Bioscience, working to create healthcare solutions that help save lives with each discovery, each diagnosis, every patient, every day. So our guest today is Dr. Megan Pesch. She is a developmental and behavioral pediatrician at C.S. Mott Children's Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and she's mom to three daughters, her youngest born with congenital CMV. We're so delighted that Megan has recently joined our board of directors at National CMV, and I wanted to welcome you to the show today. Thanks so much for joining, Megan. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So you're a practicing pediatrician, researcher, mom of three. That's a lot. And (laughs) we're certainly interested, you know, to know more about you. And and each of these facets is maybe more interesting than than the next. So let's start with just simply, you know, your family, being a mom to three beautiful girls, a wife, you know, please share a little bit more about your family. Oh, sure. So I have been in Ann Arbor for about 15 years now, and we just love it here. The Midwest is uh, so so friendly and comfortable. Um, and I'm married to my husband, Tom. We both uh, met each other in medical school um, here and just kind of stayed around. And yeah, we have... Um, three daughters. Uh, Their ages are four, two, and 15 months. So it's a little crazy around here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We are, we are super busy. Um, But, but, you know, it's kind of like happy chaos. Uh, And my uh, youngest daughter, Odessa, was born uh, last September. And we, um, at the time, uh, she failed her newborn hearing screen. uh, And, at that time, we just thought, oh, fluid in the ears, you know, as a pediatrician, like, honestly, I'd seen that a thousand times. Uh, so we really weren't too concerned. But, um, you know, later came to find out that she did have a profound bilateral hearing loss. And um, through, uh, you know, kind of a odyssey of testing, uh, we found out about three, when she was about three months old, that it was from congenital CMV. Uh, so... Since then, um, we have just kind of launched into this whole journey of uh, appointments and, you know, trying to address her delays and give her the best opportunities. So I am, you know, have all these hats, but I feel like I'm most often just like driving in my minivan from appointment to appointment, you know, (laughs) seeing patients and then I'm just trying to hold it all together. Wow, that's incredible. So as a pediatrician, and a specialized one at that, where you're likely seeing kids with various abilities and needs, um, had you had any knowledge or prior knowledge of congenital CMV and what that looked like in children? Or what did you know about this when you were pregnant or after pregnancy? Yeah, so before pregnancy, you know, thinking back to uh, medical school and my uh, residency, my training, 
you know, we really learned just the very basic facts about congenital CMV, and most often it was something we more like memorized kind of to pass the test. So what a symptomatic baby looked like. I definitely knew that 80% of babies are born asymptomatic um, and that it was most often transmitted to daycare workers and healthcare workers. But really, like, um, I didn't know about how often it's transmitted from uh, children to their mothers and that it can be transmitted through saliva. Uh, and that really, like, looking back at my training and then also, you know, in my prenatal care really wasn't uh, something that was emphasized. Um, and, you know, it kind of breaks my heart in a way because it feels like it should have. But uh, unfortunately, I think even amongst pediatricians and OBGYNs, knowledge about congenital CMV is pretty low. Uh, I don't believe that I even had any patients with congenital CMV um, that I had taken care of during my training although um, recently I've started um, seeing them in my practice for kind of uh, development, devel developmental um, screenings and also kind of some uh, behavioral concerns. Wow. I mean, that just seems like such a miss to me that it's not accurately discussed in medical training. And, you know, you as a pediatrician who have interactions with various children, um, wasn't well prepared, you know, before or during pregnancy in terms of some of the prevention techniques or things to think about. So, um, you know, that breaks my heart. That's certainly something that we're working to improve. Um, and obviously we have a, a lot of work ahead of us, but um, it's just fascinating to me that, you know, you're in this line of work and um, still didn't have the appropriate level of knowledge as a mom um, and as a healthcare provider. So, um Nowhere to go but up, I guess, is, is yeah, my summary absolutely. of that. <laughs> and I feel like even all my friends who are pediatricians and even like neonatologists and um, colleagues I've spoken to in otolaryngology, like a lot of them don't have those accurate kind of statistics about how often um, CMV occurs and uh, how often it's associated with hearing loss and um, also, just the follow-up care of these kids, even if they are asymptomatic, you know, how we need to kind of monitor them um, for their hearing and just overall development. There's just a real lack of knowledge out there. Completely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, can you talk a little bit about your research maybe to date and, and where you're heading in the future in terms of the topics and the interests that you may have? Oh, yeah. So, for the past 10 years, I've really done research mainly on uh, risk factors for childhood obesity. Um, and looking at it from a, like a developmental um, lens, really focusing on mother risk factors and child risk factors and how like moms and kids interact together to either kind of protect or, you know, put them at greater risk for obesity. And, um, you know, that's been uh, really great in terms of, um, you know, publishing papers and doing all the things that you need to do to kind of check the boxes in academia. Um, but after Odessa was diagnosed as a mom, I really started to kind of dig into the literature. And gosh, there are just so many gaps when it comes to uh, understanding the developmental and behavioral outcomes of uh, these kids with uh, congenital CMV. So I'm really right now working to pivot my research to, um, you know, look more at those developmental and behavioral outcomes, try to kind of qualify them, like figure out 
what they look like, what they're at greater risk for, and um, ultimately, you know, with the goal of being able to identify those uh, issues early and get kids those services, you know, they need. Uh, I'm particularly uh, interested in understanding more the connection between uh, CMV and uh, greater risk of autism. Uh, I think just if you look at kind of the basic studies, you know, that there might be a similar pathway to the inflammation caused by CMV in the brain that um, may, you know, trigger or put a child at higher risk for autism, but the studies just aren't there yet. So um, I'm really, really hoping to kind of dig into that a little bit more. Um, Because, you know, honestly, like, there are so many people out there doing childhood obesity research, um, but not enough doing CMV research. So it just feels like almost like it was meant to be in a way. Like, you know, I have my training and now this experience as a parent, like it just really makes sense for me to kind of pursue that area of research in my career. Yeah, that's so interesting. And and while we're, you know, devastated that more and more families continue to come into the the fold and into the community, um, you know, we're so glad to have you on board because I think your unique perspective of being a clinician, you know, a researcher and a mom um, to a congenital CMV kiddo is fascinating and exactly the kind of nuance that we need in order to push our message forward in terms of what resonates and and the partnerships we need to have and the people we need to be talking to. And I think your level of efforts is going to really transcend and propel us forward in a way that maybe we weren't likely to do before. Um, and oh, so, thank you. Yeah, and we're so grateful to have you. And I'm so glad to you know announce that you have joined our board of directors, which is fantastic. Um, you know, we have a mighty team of really smart people who are really passionate about this cause. And we're so happy to join bring all of expertise and again, your unique perspective to the table. So um, our strategic initiatives will continue to grow and we're so grateful to have you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's awesome to be included. Like you said, so many smart people. Um, yeah, it's fantastic to meet them all and be able to participate in that collaboration. And you're doing a lot, too, on the ground in Michigan. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the legislation initiatives that are going through and your Michigan CMV project? Yeah, absolutely. So there is legislation right now in the Michigan House that got referred to the Health Policy Committee, which, um, just as an aside, I was never like a political person, especially not at a state level. So I'm learning so much through this advocacy and um, this this project, but the um, the legislation is basically to inc- to increase uh, awareness and education of child of women of childbearing age uh, around congenital CMV and uh, especially around prevention. So there's not a screening aspect of the bill, unfortunately, but um, I'm hoping that we can kind of get this first pass through. And then um, there is a kind of an oversight committee, so I'm hoping maybe if this uh, bill makes it through the House and the Senate that we will be able to kind of expand that oversight committee to include screening um, because that would be really my ultimate goal is to move towards uh, hearing targeted or expanded screening. Or I mean, eventually I would love universal screening, 
really I feel like it's been met with great support up there. Um, really, I haven't met any uh, naysayers, so uh, that's been awesome. And then here locally, we've been doing uh, a lot of education uh, in um, a lot of education around awareness and prevention, uh, partnering with a lot of people at the nearby health systems. So University of Michigan is our big one, and then we have uh, another hospital nearby called St. Joe's. And uh, we're also partnering partnering with the county uh, women, infant, and children, or WIC services. So everyone now is giving out the um, uh, awareness flyers to pregnant women. Uh, we also have the CMV awareness flyers uh, posted in all the pediatric offices now because, you know, moms of uh, second-time moms are um, at higher risk, so we try to kind of inform them maybe before they even see their OB or even before they get pregnant. Um, and then we're also, uh, we've implemented uh, hearing uh, targeted testing here at Michigan working with otolaryngology, and um, we have kind of a whole team now that's really dedicated to uh, evaluating kids with uh, hearing loss and congenital CMV. Um, so ophthalmology and infectious diseases and audiology. Uh, so, you know, everyone has just been really excited to work on this, um, which has just been awesome. Uh, and it's so nice to have kind of a team kind of pushing this forward. So it, there's still more work to do, <laughs> but um, we're off to a good start. Yeah, I would say the, you know, your ability to bring people together um, and be sort of a convener as a, a pediatrician and also affiliated with the hospital system and, you know, and a mom who's deeply passionate and, and sort of shifting research into this area, it's remarkable. I mean, you've been able to bring more people together and gain consensus within your institution faster than most people have had the opportunity to do. Um, do you have any words of wisdom or, uh, you know, thoughts and tips in terms of how to best do that or how people can really leverage the relationships that they have and look to bring cross-collaboration? Cross because I imagine that's the only way to move things forward quickly is when everybody is sort of on board. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for me, you know, it, I was really fortunate in that, like, I knew a lot of these healthcare professionals on a first name basis already, um, you know, because we either overlapped in training or medical school, or they were um, my daughter's healthcare providers. So I was, you know, um, but I think as a physician myself, they kind of looked at me bringing this message to them, uh, possibly a little bit differently than, you know, if I was just a parent alone, um, unfortunately, because I think it's really important to listen to parents. Um, I, I think it was also fortunate to um, be able to, I just emailed kind of the experts in the field and um, Dr. Park, uh, Albert Park from Utah was really um, open to engaging with me and sharing protocols for screening so I could kind of see how they did this at other places and adapt um, it for our institution. And also I've kind of started with smaller asks, um, so the OBGYNs, I'm we're just doing like an educational handout right now, and I've gone to talk to them. Um, I'm hoping to move them towards more like formalized education um, and screening around um, women that are at higher risk and prevention. But I'm just I'm just getting my foot in the door <laughs> with these uh, uh, prevention and awareness flyers. Um, and then you know later I think once 
um, there is that more level of education, I'll go in with my second ask. Awesome. I just think that's so interesting and it's fascinating to see you moving within the system to sort of make this work harder for you and get that awareness out there, that much needed healthcare provider education, as well as, you know, moms of, of children. So that's um, that's fantastic. And I know you mentioned earlier that you feel like you're sort of juggling and wearing too many hats and, you know, driving the, the minivan from appointment to appointment. <laughs> um, <laughs> you wrote a great piece for JAMA recently, I believe in October, um, and I'd encourage our listeners to read that because I thought it was fantastically written and really, again, you know, deeply personal with great perspective. So, um, so look for that, Dr. Megan Pesch and JAMA. I think that's that's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. It was great to. It was like therapeutic to be able to kind of pour my heart out on paper and share our story. And you know, it really is just. It really is our story, um, and so I never want to, like, project my experiences onto other people. But it was, I mean, for me, it was kind of a risk to put myself out there and put my family out there. But I just feel like more good, hopefully, will come of that, you know, of people being more connected in a community or, you know, realizing that other people go through this. Um, and also that their physicians are human and have all this, like, stuff going on kind of behind the scenes, uh, you know, that they don't get to see in clinic. Um, So, you know, I I think that's important and like humanizing of the entire experience. Couldn't agree more. And I think that's a good reminder to families who are frustrated with the process and all of the specialists and, and providers that they're seeing is that they are human and they require a level of training and education and empathy and, you know, we can teach that to them in a way. So I'd encourage our audience to really work with their people to better understand the needs and the abilities of their children. You know, no one knows them better than mom and dad and family members are there to support and encourage and do as much as possible. And so as a team and making sure that there is that facilitation amongst providers and that everybody feels like the communication is there, um, you know, they're there's so much ability, there's so much that each child is capable of. And so I think we just need to have that empathy for one another, especially um, those who are working to treat your children and improve outcomes. And the more we can do to educate them and you know other providers like OBs, nurses, midwives, doulas, et cetera, um, the better we will be in shrinking this population of kiddos born with congenital CMV. So we have a lot of tasks ahead of us, that's for sure. Um, but if you had something that you were encouraging the foundation to focus on or encouraging parents to focus on from an advocacy or an education or a relationship standpoint, what would it be? Mm, good question. Um, you know, I feel like we focus a lot on, and maybe it's part of my, you know, it is part of my job, but kind of the weaknesses of kids with congenital CMV, you know, the areas where they're maybe falling behind or could use more support. But I also think it's important to kind of look at their strengths as well and, um, you know, really keep that uh, in mind because, you know, sometimes with, you know, all the therapies and the appointments and everything's kind of focused on the deficits. But, you know, when I step back and look at my daughter and I feel like a lot of the kids with CMV that I've seen, they have just the most delightful temperaments. (laughs) They are so patient. They, um, 
you know, have just this like strength and persistence that uh, I personally feel like my other daughters, you know, don't necessarily have. And I see it in my youngest. So I think, um, you know, taking, not to say that the deficits or the areas that are tricky aren't hard because they totally are, but remembering, you know, all those strengths I think is really important. And I, uh, try to frame that for my patients, you know, to see both sides uh, of it when they come in and see me in clinic. Awesome. That's great. And for those who are looking to follow and connect with you, um, I know you're at the University of Michigan. And, Mm -hmm. you know, do you have other um, means in order for them to look for you? you? Are you posting more or publishing more this year? Uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. <laughs> if you want to follow me, I don't get I don't give medical advice over like social media, but um, you could absolutely come like see me in clinic, or we can you know talk like more just like mom to mom or <laughs> mom to parent or whoever. Um, so that that would be great. My Instagram handle is at here with death h e a r d or w i t h D-E-S-S. Um, and that's kind of chronicling my uh, journeys as a mom and pediatrician and caretaker of a little girl with congenital CMV. Um, so that would be a great way to reach out. And um, if you want to come see me in clinic, that would be delightful. <laughs> um, you just need to get a referral to developmental and behavioral pediatrics at U of M. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're also very active on Twitter. So can you tell everybody your handle? Oh, yeah, it's at Pesh Megan. Love it. Excellent. Super. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I love getting to talk with you and to know you better and and what you're working on and how we can improve as an organization. So thank you for taking the time, and we'll certainly share more about you and your work in 2020. So thanks, Megan. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Meridian Bioscience working to create healthcare solutions that help save lives with each discovery, each diagnosis, every patient, every day. Visit nationalcmv.org for additional topics and podcast episodes. Links for today's conversation can be found in the show notes. And don't forget, National CMV Foundation is a nonprofit organization and we rely on donor support to bring you programming like the show you just heard. Please go to nationalcmv.org backslash donate to give online, or text STOP CMV to 41411 to give by phone. I'm Kristen Spitek.